This podcast is sponsored by Active Skin Repair, a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic, medical-grade ingredients. So as the weather warms up, we're outside gardening or doing yard work. There are so many opportunities for skin issues, right? And for me, it's always a mystery to know what's going to irritate my skin, but I'm definitely out there itching and scratching. But the good news is active skin repair always seems to save the day. Active skin repair can be used to treat a wide range of skin issues, including cuts, scrapes, burns, sunburns, rashes, and other types of skin damage. It's also safe and non-toxic, making it suitable for use on all skin types, all parts of the body, and even on rosacea, eczema, and acne-prone skin. Here's what I want you to do. Visit ActiveSkinRepair.com to learn more about Active Skin Repair and get 20% off your order when you use code JOYFUL. Again, that's www.ActiveSkinRepair.com. Find out more about the product and get 20% off your order when you use the code JOYFUL. Joyful Courage Parenting Podcast, Episode 50. Hey, podcast listeners, welcome back. I am so grateful that you're showing up for the show today. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I'm excited for my guest who is joining us from the other side of the world. And when I re-listened to our interview, I realized, oh my gosh, there's so much valuable stuff showing up in the conversation. So I am really excited for all of you to listen in. I am working really hard over here to spread the word about the podcast. June was groundbreaking. June saw over 5,000 downloads of the podcast. Whoop, 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 whoop. Super, super exciting. And July, you know what? I would really like to get 6,000 downloads. Do you think you can help me with that? you could help me with that, that would be fantastic. I'll do everything I can on my end. And if you could just find two or three people in your life to say, hey, I listened to this podcast. It's really amazing. Let me show you how to find it. Have them hand over their phone. Show them how to subscribe through iTunes or show them how to find the link in the website show them how to listen. Okay. Will you do that for me? Because they say that parents aren't listening to a lot of podcasts, but I know that that is not true. Um, Or if it is true, then it's really exciting because that means that there are so many other people who have just yet to learn about how to do it. So I need your help. Will you do that for me this week? Find two or three, if you want to be a superstar, four or five people, parents that you know might be family members, might be neighbors, might be friends that you make at the park or people you see in the grocery store and say, hey, I am listening to this amazing podcast and I'm getting a lot of value out of it and share. Will you do that for me? It would be awesome. All right, my friends. Um, yeah, welcome to the show. And Those of you that are new listeners, thank you so much for checking it out. Those of you that are showing up every week, I love you. Thank you for returning. And uh, yeah, I'm excited to know what you think of this conversation. So uh, let's meet my guest. (laughs) 
Welcome podcast listeners. I am so grateful that you are here. Today's guest is Kate Orson. She is a hand-in-hand parenting instructor and a mother to a four-year-old daughter originally from the UK. She now lives in, oh, I should have asked you how to pronounce this, Basel, Switzerland? Basel. 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 Okay. Okay. Yeah. She is the author of Tears Heal, How to Listen to Our Children, which will be published later this year. Is it already published, Kate? It's out in October. Awesome. So you can connect with Kate on Facebook, Hand in Hand Parenting with Kate Orson, and follow her blog at kateorson.com. I'm going to have links to all those um, places in the show notes. We'll talk about that later. Hi, Kate. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, thanks for having me. Can you please, yeah, I'm so glad that you're here. Can you please tell the listeners a little bit about your journey to doing what you do? Um, I guess it actually really started even before I became a parent. Um, I was working as, at a baby, as a babysitter just before I got pregnant. And um, the little boy that I was looking after, um, he kept having tantrums about stuff. And <laughs> I was really surprised because he was five years old. And I was like thinking, oh, no, I don't really know what to do about these tantrums. What do I do? And then I just started looking on the Internet. And um, like I read stuff about like giving a child a time out if they have a tantrum. And I just knew instantly that I could never parent in that way. And Mm -hmm. it just led me on a journey to learning more about why tantrums happen. And and then I found hand in hand parenting after my daughter was born. And I liked it so much. I wanted to become an instructor. Mm, I love that. So can you tell us a little bit about uh, the hand in hand program? Um, Well, hand in hand parenting, it's basically based on the idea that our children are born like completely good, loving and cooperative Mm -hmm. and that they really want to get on with us and not make our lives hard with challenging behaviour. But what happens is that sometimes children have difficult experiences, like it might be that coming into the world was difficult or they had some stress or upset and just even the day-to-day, everyday stresses that we all um, have. And these experiences can cause upset feelings Mm -hmm. and um hand-in-hand parenting is all about like going to the root cause of any behavioral issues um, and to the feelings and so we're all about really just connecting with our children like spending time with them so that they feel safe that they can when they have an upset feeling like they want to cry then they can come to us and and we have the um, ability to listen to them and there are hand-in-hand parenting consists of five different tools so we have tools like one of our tools uh listening partnerships is to help parents stay relaxed when their children are having big emotional upsets and dealing with challenging behavior so that we can come to it from a connected um position Mm -hmm. and um and we also do a lot with releasing feelings like laughter is actually a really natural healthy stress release for children we know we see it all the time that they just love to laugh and have fun and and so hand in hand parenting is all about sort of tapping into the true nature of what it means to be human and helping our kids release their feelings through laughter and and crying as well which is a which is a natural stress release Mm -hmm. so yeah so our main topic for this conversation is inviting our kids to do chores. And I just have to tell the listeners, so I knew Kate was coming on and I wanted um, to get a little bit more information about her. And that's when I really started. I had seen hand-in-hand parenting, but I hadn't really recognized it as its own parenting philosophy. And Mm -hmm. as I read about it, I love how much emphasis is put on listening and – 
and I'm intrigued by this conversation of listening partnerships. And I've found that listening is one of the greatest tools for connection and empathy and love and compassion. And um, will you tell, will you talk a little bit more about the concept of listening partnerships? Yeah, sure. Um, so a listening partnership is something that two parents do together. Okay. Um, hand in hand parenting, they have a booklet which explains all how, about how to do listening partnerships. And it's, it's basically based on the idea that when we get stressed as parents, we have feelings that we need to release. Mm -hmm. And um, we have, just like our children, we have this natural stress release mechanism. And when we um, feel stressed or upset, um, then we can talk with another parent and that parent learns a few basic skills to listen to us and and help us to express our feelings in like a safe space mm -hmm. without being judged and, and, and being able to laugh. And even when we know a listening partner well, we feel safe to cry with them. Mm -hmm. And when we release that emotional tension, like perhaps we had a really bad day with our child and we just, we phone up our listening partner and we just vent for like 10 minutes, but without doing what we normally do in everyday conversation it's maybe we like tell our own stories about what worked for us or we try to fix the situation mm -hmm. or give advice with listening partnerships we just listen and we really focus on taking turns so giving someone a big space to go into their own feelings and so listening partnerships are really like the foundation of hand-in-hand -hand parenting that when we get listened to and it's much easier to respond with patience to our children yeah. and be the parent we want to be. Yeah. Oh, I love that. It sounds extremely intentional. And uh, yeah, you know, anytime we're intentional about anything, it's so much more powerful and real and honest. Yeah. So um, like I've mentioned, I did invite you on the show to talk about how to get kids to help out. And I think mm -hmm. the listening topic is so key because often chores, uh, or we call it family work at our house can bring, uh -huh. yeah, can bring about some lovely emotions from our kids, right? Especially as they get older, you know, just saying like, hey, do you think you can unload the dishwasher can send my 10-year-old literally like on his back on the floor? Yeah. Um, so I think listening shows up there, right? Um, mm -hmm. Listening, especially before we respond or react. But before we get into that, um, you shared an article with me that's 25 ways for having fun while tidying up. Tell mm -hmm. me about your process for writing this article. Uh, okay. So this article, I think often when I write articles, it's something that I'm actually struggling with myself. <laughs> me too. <laughs> and, I started, <laughs> and I just find that it's such a learning and growing experience that I really love to do it. And um. I, I had the idea to do these, I did a series of different tips articles. And when I did them, I would ask other hand-in-hand hand, hand, hand instructors and, other, and also some other parenting coaches I know, mm -hmm. just if they wanted to provide a tip. So I got to steal all their ideas and write them <laughs> down, but, and um, credit them, of course. Mm -hmm. and, um, and I got to try out like loads of really fun ways to tidy up with your kids and make it connected and enjoyable for everyone. And yeah. Yeah. So a lot of these, there are, they're really playful and an invitation really to come into the practice of tidying up, making it more fun. I, uh, I love that recently, just a little side story for me. Um, my son had a, 
there was a list. There was a short list of things that he needed to accomplish. Simple things like clear your spot. You're going to empty the dishwasher. You're going to put your backpack away. Like these were the three things. And he gets really, you know, when it becomes more than two tasks, he gets a little spun out about it. And so he did yeah. his typical, like he kind of just wandered around. It's difficult for him to get started. And so I said, hey, why don't you, you can pick whatever we listen to Pandora. So I said, whatever Pandora station you want, that's going to mm-hmm. help you kind of focus in and do what you want. And that, I don't know if that was like a transitional piece for him that kind of helped him. Like that gave him his very first thing he was going to do was turn on some music and then he could get to the other things. But it was really helpful. And um, I was just interviewing somebody this morning about toddlers and how powerful transitions are when we're intentional about transitions. And I feel like mm-hmm. making tidying up into a game is almost, you know, can kind of speak into that transition piece. Like, hey, now we're going to have some fun while also taking care of our space. Hey, friends. As a podcast listener myself, I always get so excited to share when I find a new show that I think is super useful. So today I want to tell you about Understood Explains. This is a podcast that tackles one important topic per season. And this season is all about navigating individualized education plans and is hosted by teacher and special education expert, Juliana Urtube. Getting the support our kids need in school can feel tricky, and we aren't always sure what it is that they need. When I listened to the episode titled, Does My Child Need an IEP? It offered up so much useful information that I could really see supporting parents who are in this consideration. The host is so knowledgeable and really breaks down the content in a way that helps listener go from completely overwhelmed to actually starting to feel empowered. Other episodes in the series highlight the difference between IEPs and 504 plans, as well as a whole episode that busts common myths about special education. To listen to Understood Explains, search for Understood Explains wherever you listen to podcasts. That's Understood Explains. So check it out. You won't be sorry. Warmer, sunnier days are calling. Thank God, spring into summer is my favorite time of year. After turning 50 last September, I've been really working on my physical health and well being and can honestly say that I am feeling better in my body than I have felt in a very long time. Yes, credit goes to movement and working out, but even more credit goes to how I'm feeding my body. That's why I love Factor. I fuel up with Factor's no prep, no mess meals, 35 different meal choices, and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week. I always have a new flavor to explore. It's amazing. You can crush your wellness goals this May, keep time in the kitchen to a minimum, and enjoy effortless support for the lifestyle you want to be living with dietitian approved meals and ingredients you can trust from Factor. Head over to factormeals.com slash joyful50 and use the code joyful50 to get 50% off your first First box plus 20% off your next month. That's code joyful50 at factormeals.com slash joyful50. Again, that's 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month 
while your subscription is active. Yes, yes, yes. Join me. Join me in the health revolution and feel really good this summer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's it's just really nice to, for, I think when we were young, like chores were often about like doing something alone and, mm-hmm. and, and, and not feeling like part of things. And I think, yeah, like deciding to do it together and making it like a, a task that you do to be together and, and achieve something. Mm-hmm. Kids can actually enjoy that. Yeah. And I yeah. saw a colleague of mine in Positive Discipline, Cheryl Irwin, recently mm-hmm. posted something about, you know, it's the a series of events. So first watch me, then we do it together, then or I do it, you follow, then you do it, I follow, then I watch you. Mm-hmm. So it's a series of opportunities where we're inviting them in. I think something happens when they get a little bit older, that whole alone, do it alone, do it because I said so, why can't you just do it kind of starts to show up as they get bigger. And it's mm-hmm. we forget that a messy room is really overwhelming for a three-year-old or a seven-year-old or even sometimes, you know, a 12 or 15 year old and giving them a place to start is always helpful. And I know my kids always do better when it is a together experience and we get to have really lovely conversations and opportunities to connect because we're busy doing a task. We're not face to face with each other. So it gives them kind of some room, some wiggle room for bringing things up that maybe we wouldn't have talked about. Ah, yeah. that's interesting. Yeah, yeah, it's good. It's good. So mm. what are your, um, so connection and play, that's really what I'm hearing when I read your article and listeners, I'm going to put mm. that in the show notes, upping the likelihood that they'll help out because it's an invitation and sometimes, <laughs> what do you say? Sometimes kids don't want to help out. And so what mm-hmm. do you say to parents who read your articles like this and say, well, yeah, I've tried all of this and my child still won't help? Mm-hmm. Um, so with hand in hand, like we really, as I said earlier, it's like we really um, believe that the natural state of children is to be cooperative. Mm-hmm. So it's like if we've chosen chores for them that are like age appropriate, then mm-hmm. we know like we're not asking too much of them and we're offering them a chance to connect with us when they when they do them as well. Um, then we can sometimes just set a limit. And, and what's often the case is there may be some upset feelings getting in the way of them being able to cooperate. Like if we know that the task isn't too big and too overwhelming mm-hmm. and is at their age level, then it's like a reasonable request to, yes. to set a limit. And it, it might be, for instance, like, Um, my daughter's four so for a long time I just focused on the play I didn't really have any tasks to do but one day our house was just really messy and I and I looked at her and I thought she's like four years old I think she could like go and tidy her room and I and I didn't say as in go and tidy it alone or you've got to do it now like Mm -hmm. I was just like in a very kind and loving way I was just like I think our house is looking a bit of a mess now like would you go and tidy your room And she, I think maybe because it was such a shock, because it was the first time I'd ever said anything like this, she um, started crying. And so I just empathized with her and I Mm. I just stayed there in the moment with her and listened. And I was like, and I just kept holding the limit. I was like, I know this seems hard, but I'm sure you can do it. Like, I think Mm -hmm. you should go and tidy your room. And, And she stopped crying. And then 
what we notice with hand in hand, we call this stay listening. When you just stay in the moment with a child that's upset and don't don't like try and distract them out of it, mm-hmm. just to accept the feelings and just kind of be be in the moment, like kind of like mindfulness mm-hmm. with the feelings. And then, and what we notice is that once those, whatever got triggered, like the tidying up was really not a big deal. So I felt like maybe there's something deeper, like it's triggering feelings of like, oh, I'm growing up and now I've got more responsibility, like feelings of helplessness Mm -hmm. or something like that. So when, after she had this cry, like she was suddenly in a much better mood. Like I always notice that if she has like a big cry about something, she'll almost be in a better mood than before. And, um, and then she went and I think she went to do something else or I can't really remember, but then she went to, to tidy her room. And the thing is like, because she was in a better mood because I'd listened to the feelings, Mm It's like she was really taking joy out of it. She mm-hmm. was so excited and she was so like, you could see that it built her confidence that she could actually tidy her room. And and ever since then, like now she's like really happy to tidy up. And mm-hmm. yeah, I love that. And I'm hearing mm-hmm. you say, I love the stay listening um, and not distracting them out of it. I think that parents sometimes are so uncomfortable with their child's discomfort that they do all sorts of things, either it's trying to talk them out of how they feel or, like you said, distracting them or, you know, mm-hmm. giving them, like, here, you can have a sucker, you can, let's go play or I'll give you something to make you feel better. And we forget that it's in that process of living in the, being in the discomfort that they're actually learning and building and growing resiliency muscles and having the opportunity to see that emotions are temporary yeah absolutely and and I I often notice like like with this with the tidying up I uh-huh. think like maybe she wasn't in the best of moods before mm-hmm. so I, I really feel like it, the tidying up was just a trigger and this was a chance for her to yeah to grow and become more resilient and and to feel like yeah I can do it I can tidy my room yeah well, and yeah. I think that it's also of such an invitation to power struggle too. I mean, if mm-hmm. if you really take a step back from your parenting and and consider, you know, how much telling have I done versus asking? How often am I inviting my kids to come up with solutions to the problems that I see? Problems being like, oh my gosh, the laundry, or oh my gosh, the the your room, or the house, or the mm-hmm. dinner table. You know, how can we work together to fix this problem? I think the more often that we can invite them in and just stay in a place of curiosity and openness. And I think that when you're talking about stay listening, when you're talking about being open to letting our kids feel your feelings, feel their feelings, that there is a sense of openness there as the parent instead of that we are really quick to assume that we know how they feel, that we know how they should feel. We assume that they're just trying to get out of something. We assume all of these things from that surface level behavior and forget, like you said, that there's things going on under the surface that we just need to hold space for. Yeah, definitely. And and we don't we don't have to sort of get to the bottom of it. Oh, like why aren't you tidying your room? Why are you yeah. finding this so hard? Blah blah blah. Yeah. It's just like just to listen and just let them sort it out for themselves, but give them the warmth and the empathy. Yeah. I love that it all works. Yeah. I love the question or I I love the because sometimes in, in that moment it's like, Oh my gosh, 
why Mm -hmm. like the whys the why questions that show up in our brain when I notice that happening I often will shift into noticer and so I'll say I noticed that you're having a hard time with your job can you tell me a little bit about that Mm -hmm. right and that just opens up the space for them to be like oh it's really hard or I don't want to or whatever it is that shows up for them and then you kind of get to the bottom of what it is that's that's um what's the word that's that they're stuck in what are they stuck in in the moment and unable to move forward because of and that's when you can have powerful conversations that are forward moving do you guys talk about routines or agreements and things like that in hand in hand parenting um not so much but i think like you can you can make that up for yourself mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um so like I think like with my daughter, I always think of like age appropriate things, like what things can she do? So like she can put the, put her Lego back in the box. You can put her toys away. She likes to water the plants. Mm -hmm. So I think one thing you could do is maybe just think of some basic tasks that your child could do each day or each week and, and kind of just have a think about whatever's age appropriate and, and decide the routine like every family is different every family's got a different number of children and mm-hmm. things going on and just kind of figure out what works for you and I think the thing with hand in hand is that you can kind of be very spontaneous like you could be like you know oh the house is a mess let's let's tidy up now and you can make it playful and fun mm-hmm. and and you can and vary it as well as well as having like a regular routine of of things yeah yeah we have in our home, and I know I've shared this before, um, at least over social media. I think I've talked about it on the podcast too, but we <laughs> have – so my kids are 10 and 13, and they have and, – and every time we – I notice my discomfort. Like when I start to feel as though I'm doing everything and nobody wants to help out, that's a great indicator for me that it's time to revisit – any agreements that we've made because mm-hmm. they're not helpful. And so the kids have had a variety of different routines and agreements. And But one thing that stays the same is there's always something to do after dinner. There's a variety yeah. of things to do after dinner to help out. And there is always one extra little something each day. So they come home from school. My son likes to do it before school. My daughter does it after school. And it's just unloading the dishwasher or vacuuming a room Mm -hmm. or just one simple task that's helpful for the whole family. And so that's where, that's what we do in our family as far as making, you know, like setting the limits or the structure or whatever you want to call it. That's where we are like, we all live together. So this is what happens. And it's all up for discussion as far as what time of day you want to do it, what's helpful for you, um, how you're going to decide who does what. We've had so many, such a variety of ways from popsicle sticks to Rochambeau to just simply taking turns to who does what. But, um, you know, as they get older, I think it becomes really helpful to have like a structure in place. And then, you know, there are days where I say things like, you know what? I've got a sink full of dishes. It sure would help if you would empty the dish rack so I have a place to put them. Please, you know, can you come mm-hmm. do that, right? But with – so what are your tips for parents with older kids? So we started out with that invitation to help and 
the expectation, you know, and I just talked about how it's just that expectation of this is what we do in our family, yeah. but there yeah. can still be pushback. It's not like my kids are like, awesome, I get to do a chore every day. <laughs> <laughs> so what is your advice to parents who are struggling to get their school age kids or their teens on the chore train? Yeah, so the same principles that um, we use with the younger ones apply for the old ones. Mm -hmm. So if you've got, like, say you've got your set routine, like one unloads the dishwasher, one does the vacuuming mm -hmm. and stuff like that. And if you're feeling like there's resistance and your child is uh, refusing or maybe like putting off, maybe they say, oh, I'll do it tomorrow, I'll do it this evening, and they keep putting it off, then <clears throat> it could be that like if that task is completely reasonable it's often like a child's just not feeling good mm -hmm. like maybe they're a bit stressed or they're kind of tired or they're just feeling like disconnected and they just kind of can't bring themselves to get motivated to do the task so so one of the, uh, we have five different tools and one of those tools is special time it's, mm -hmm. so and special time is one-on-one -on -one time doing what your child loves um so with our older child uh, with a younger one we'll say like it's special time now you've got 20 minutes to uh, we'll, you can choose something to do and we'll do it together one-on-one -on -one. Mm -hmm. and that really helps to kind of build the connection and when children have that connection it's much easier to cooperate and find for sure the motivation yeah so um so and with older ones like especially teens like the idea of doing special time it might seem like a bit childish or something so you can also do like unannounced special time where you just kind of hang out with your child and um be in their world and and just spend time with them like just connecting with them yeah I like to um, go in and just lay down on my teen daughter's bed yeah and yeah, just and just not do it not say and not have an agenda just be mm -hmm. there she kind of gives me a funny look but after a little <laughs> while she's really engaged in conversation yeah. and yeah yeah so like if so for instance if you notice that your child was really putting the chore off then mm -hmm. what you could do is just think okay so they're feeling disconnected i'll give them some special time so maybe like just first of all just give them give them some special time and then you might also want to like pick up on your, what your child laughs about. Like, um, yeah, like some of my playful suggestions involve laughter and, and mm. that also helps to release some tension so children feel better connected and then they can be more likely to cooperate with, with the chore. Mm. And then like after you've warmed, kind of warmed up the connection with a bit of special time, a bit of laughter, you might want to actually set the limit and say, well, you know, you've got this chore to do. And um, what you might actually find is that as you set the limit, like your child might have like a big emotional outburst. Mm -hmm. And usually with parenting, like a lot of parenting methods are based on like, um, getting our children to emotionally regulate and making sure that they don't have any upsets and if they have an upset we think oh my parenting's failed I'm not doing mm -hmm. a good job but it's actually like sometimes we find that when we connect with our children they have more upsets not not like that they have more in a negative way but they might have like a big upset that really clears out their emotional we call it like an emotional backpack of, mm -hmm. of upset feelings so so if there were some upset feelings that were getting in them in the way of them wanting to clean up then by going through that special time laughter setting a little bit process and then listening to the upset they're then in a much better 
they feel better like after we've listened to them and then they like my daughter did they might be like okay I'm gonna go and do my tidying now mm-hmm. feel like you're the martyr in your family you're not alone hey this is Joanne and Brie and we're from the no guilt mom podcast Brie we talk to a lot of moms yeah we sure do and if you're a mom who has a to-do list that is so massive that you get overwhelmed and you shut down or if you fall into the habit of doing everything for everyone and don't know how to change it we can help you become a no guilt mom. We're going to take you from family martyr to family model. That's role model so that you role model the behavior that you want to see out of your kids. You're going to go from being tired and overwhelmed to energized and guilt free. Every week, you'll get actionable strategies that you can implement right away from the experts that we interview and from us. We also have a whole lot of fun. So check out the no guilt mom podcast everywhere you listen to your favorite shows. Well, hey there, Busy Mama. Are you looking for ways to make your life easier, your home less chaotic, and at the same time, add more joy to your life? My name is Deanna Yates, and I'm the host of Wanna Be Clutter Free, a podcast all about letting go of the stuff we don't need in our lives so that we can focus on what truly matters. Don't worry, I'm not going to tell you to throw it all away or make you feel guilty about keeping something you love, no matter how many other people don't quite understand it but I will give you practical and more importantly, actionable advice so that you can make progress right away. And you won't just hear it from me. There are amazing guests too. It's like having your bestie in your pocket, telling you it's okay to let go of the things that are not serving you and your family in a totally non-judgmental way. So join me over on the podcast where we can work on progress over perfection for those of us that want to be clutter-free. Well, and I'm interested in what you said about the self-regulation piece too, because yes, you know, we're so quick to think like, okay, well, once I do this lesson or once we practice this, then we're not, there won't be any more tantrums. Like that's some sort Mm -hmm. of end goal. And I mean, look around at the adults in your life, you know, the tantrums live on. (laughs) (laughs) yeah and and you know an an emotional upset really becomes the playground for practicing tools like deep breathing or being really curious about where is this emotion coming from and not necessarily something to avoid but something to embrace as again another opportunity to practice the skills that we hope that they one day learn to embody as adults which isn't like to say oh, well, if they get upset, they should practice their tools and be done with it in, you know, 30 seconds or less. But really just being there, like you said, stay listening. And um, one of the tools that we talk about in positive discipline is simply validating feelings and just being a broken record that sounds like you're really full of emotion right now or you're really frustrated right now or you're really sad or really angry right now and just allowing that in the space I think is so powerful for kids and gives them such great permission to feel their feelings. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think that's really important because I think just like expressing feelings and for the adult to kind of create a safe space. So they're not like um like, you know, expressing loads of anger and destroying the house or something. Mm. 
but just like being there just to express their emotions and being there to for the adult to listen yeah and then children will naturally as they get the feelings out and they feel empathized with they'll naturally get back to a good state of mind and it's kind of what everyone needs yeah and adults as well yeah also need to express their feelings too they might regulate like if they go to a wedding or something they're not gonna like have like a massive meltdown at their wedding party mm-hmm. they can regulate to that extent but when they find that safe space where they can yeah. get upset it's really healthy yeah 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 that's what I tell parents too when it's when their kids have a harder time at home than they do at school, it's a good thing because they see this home space is unconditional and safe and yeah, and that's important. And, and uh, one of my favorite quotes from Rudolf Dreikers, who uh, is an Adlerian theory guy that positive discipline, a lot of the positive discipline work is based on his work. He has a quote that is, um, a misbehaving child is a discouraged child. And um, I feel I'm feeling that showing up in this conversation as well when Mm -hmm. we're talking about chores and our kids, you know, having a hard time getting started or engaging, you know, instead of seeing this as, oh, here my child is again trying to, quote, get out of helping out, really looking through the lens of discouragement. What is discouraging to this child that is stopping them from being able to? To move forward and like you said getting them back into a headspace that is calm and connected and uh and and what did you say what did you call it i can't think uh, of it i'm not sure <laughs> well <laughs> rewind the podcast listeners and you'll get that <laughs> that word that i'm looking for right now but you know and i think that while we're t- you know the topic was chores but really i think for me and i would love to know your thoughts like it's creating an environment that is inviting and encouraging and also mm-hmm. you know that common language a uh, common um expectation is just we all live together we all help out and it's not just every once in a while but really it's like consistent and on a regular basis like this is just what we do in our family is we help each other out and we help yeah. tidy up the space and and really engaging them as often as possible in having a voice to how what that could look like. Yeah, I, I think that's a good idea. And, and definitely, like, if especially if you've got multiple children or older children, like having a meeting and, and oh, yeah. saying, like, we've got this messy house. What do you think we should do about it? And yeah. Oh, yeah. And that's just one more, you know, moment to say. I think that's one of the tools that we talk about a lot in positive discipline is weekly family meetings because mm-hmm. then you already have the structure. And I, you know, for us, it sound it could sound like, so a few weeks ago, we all agreed that, you know, this is what was going to happen with the housework. And I'm noticing that it's not happening. So I just want to see what new and different mm-hmm. ideas everybody has to get back on track and to, and to get back to everybody contributing to the household. And it's not finger pointing or you better do this or else the firmness really comes from hey this is our structure this is what we do and I would love to hear your ideas on how to make it happen and we'll try them for a week and see if it's helpful yeah 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 I think that's a good really great idea because it's kind of like if you treat them like with respect then they'll come up with a thoughtful answer rather than oh I think we'll just leave it a mess yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. And every once in a while, there is that like, well, we had, what did we talk about at our family meeting? Oh, we have issues around people turning off the lights mm-hmm. <laughs> in the morning. And yeah. the kids were like, one of the suggestions is, well, we'll just do it. I'm like, well, 
you know, that seems to be the tool that we're trying to use now and it's not really helpful. (laughs) (laughs) So my husband made signs. He ended up making signs and putting them in various places in the house. Turn off the lights. Don't forget to turn Mm -hmm. off the lights. And so a visual reminder has been helpful for all of us. But Uh, thank you so much for coming on the show and chatting with me, Kate. Thank you. It's a pleasure. The question I always end with with my guests is, I would like to know, what does joyful courage mean to you? Joyful courage. Um, I guess it would mean, like in terms of parenting, just having the courage to parent joyfully and not, not kind of get dragged down in the idea that it should be serious and it should be not fun for you as a parent and yeah yeah Yeah, love that thank you where can listeners find you and your work I know I mentioned it at the beginning but where are you on social media um well they can check out my website which is www.kateawson.com and they can also check out handinhandparenting.org that's the main handinhandparenting website which has got lots of articles on things like chores and awesome and every other subject you could think about related (laughs) to parenting yeah. And I'm on um I'm on Facebook and hand in hand parenting with Kate Orson. Okay. And Twitter as well. Awesome. All right. Yeah. Well, I will make sure there's links to all of those things in the show notes. Thank thank you again so much for coming on the show. Great. Thank you for having me. It was a very great conversation. Can I just say that it is such an honor for me to get to talk to all of these people that are out in the world working for families, working for parents, and working for world peace through helping this generation raise children who will be adults with skills. Oh my gosh. And I just... Loved the conversation that I got to have with Kate. I really thought we were going to talk more about chores. And instead, well, we did talk about chores, but we also explored this whole listening concept. And I just really appreciate her coming back to the idea that it's really the vibe that we set. It's the relationship that we're in with our kids that is the biggest determinant around whether or not they're going to cooperate. And I know that I often will be working with parents in a live workshop and we'll do an activity like I mentioned on the show and 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 it's powerful to do these role plays, but then more likely than not, someone will say, okay, well, I do all of this and it still doesn't work. And we forget that it's not about, there. you know, there really isn't, I mean, I guess there's some tools for manipulating behavior, but they don't last long. It's really short-sighted. It's short-term parenting when we want to just manipulate them into obeying and doing what we want them to do. It's not going to last very long and we're going to continue to be frustrated. But when we can go deeper, when we can listen, I love the stay listening that she talked about. When we can really listen to what's happening for them, when we can see the world from their perspective, When we can build relationship, making sure that attachment is there, making sure that connection is there, we help them. They they feel better. And I think I mentioned this in the podcast, maybe not, but Jane Nelson says, when children who feel better do better. Well, actually, the whole quote goes, where did we ever get the idea that in order for children to do better, first they need to feel worse? Children do better when they feel better. This is such an important mantra, right? And also that 
you know, misbehaving child is a discouraged child. So what do we do when our kids are getting into mischief? We get bugged, right? Sometimes we get short tempered. And how are, you know, if a misbehaving child is a discouraged child, how is our responding in anger helping them feel better, to do better? How are we encouraging them? You know, the exciting thing to me is it's all within us, right? Like even if you don't know exactly the right thing to say or do, if you can just focus on your internal experience in the moment, so many more possibilities open up for you. And and the reason I'm talking about this is because I'm really excited In August, I have a free 10-day offer for parents, for you, all around starting to tap into our internal experience. And it's a practice. Our body does what's familiar. Our response, we when we're overwhelmed with emotion, we tend to do what has become familiar. So maybe it's yelling or, um, I don't know, timeouts or isolation or get out of my face or whatever. You know, those not so great moments. We all have them, myself included. And it starts to become a pattern for us. A lot of it shows up um, has, you know, something that we've brought on since childhood and and the models that we have. And it's really hard to respond differently when we're emotionally triggered. So this 10-day offer in August is all about teaching ourselves a different way to respond, especially especially when we're being triggered, right? Because we can be super mom, super dad all day long, all day long. And then we get to that point where we've reached, you know, the threshold has been reached and we snap. And so I want to help parents recognize when they're there and help themselves so that they can maintain relationship with their kids. And that requires going inward. Anyway, so be on the lookout for that. Be on the lookout. The page, this, the registration page is in the works and should be available next week by the time that, um, not next week, I'm sorry, in a couple days when the Ask Casey episode goes live on Thursday. By the way, Ask Casey is a offer, is a podcast show, but it only shows up for people who are subscribed to the, to the, um, through iTunes or through Google Play. So I don't post Ask Casey on social media. I don't post it on uh, my website. So it's a kind of a bonus special gift for those of you that are subscribed. So if you are not subscribed to the podcast yet, go on over to iTunes, search for the Joyful Courage Parenting Podcast, go into Google Play, search for it, um, and subscribe. And if you don't know how to do that, email me and I'll walk you through it. All right. So much love to each and every one of you. Happy 4th of July. Happy Canada Day. Happy whatever celebration is happening in your part of the world. Hopefully you are enjoying the summertime. We are kind of cool and gray here in the Pacific Northwest. Hoping for that sunshine and the heat to show up soon. Big, huge love to all of you. And I will catch you next time. I'm Margaret. And I'm Amy. And together we host the podcast, What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. Margaret, I would say you're sort of a where are my keys kind of mom. Correct. Sometimes a where are my kids kind of mom. (laughs) Well, you're Amy more of a we were supposed to leave 35 seconds ago, mom. I mean, touche. In each episode of What Fresh Hell? We come at a topic from our usually 
completely opposite perspectives. I bring the research. And I bring kind of the gimlet eye. Like, is that research really going to work, people? And almost 10 million downloads later, we're still laughing. We also talk to experts in the parenting field, plus parents with stories we can all learn from. We make each other laugh, we challenge each other's assumptions, and we have what we think is the best parenting community on the internet. Check out What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood wherever you listen to podcasts.